Welcome to Word for Wednesday. This is Rita Langland, your host from Hidden with Christ Ministries. Today, I want to share a message with you that is very dear to my heart. Many years ago, more than 40 years actually, in the very first year of our marriage, my husband and I became aware of something in the scriptures that we had no knowledge about whatsoever. We were a young married couple in our early 20s, and when we heard or discovered this important biblical principle that I'm about to share with you, I'm telling you it transformed our lives, and it has impacted our lives ever since. It's impacted the way we conduct ourselves. It's impacted the way that we raised our son and the way we are raising our children that we've taken in and also our grandchildren. And it is this issue of why your words are so important. In the gospel of Matthew chapter 12, verse 36, Jesus said these words, and I'm telling you that Many people have overlooked this specific scripture or just been unaware of the meaning of it or found it not to be very understandable. Let me read it to you. It's a very simple verse, Matthew 12, 36. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account on the day of judgment. Now, what on earth was Jesus saying when he said that every idle word that a person would say will basically be judged by God? What does that mean? Well, I'll start out simply by defining that word idle that's used in that scripture. And it means inoperative, unemployed, or unprofitable. Or another definition is to operate without transmitting power. So Jesus was saying that any word that we as believers use or speak that does not transmit the power God intended for it to transmit or is inoperative or unemployed or unprofitable, that that word or those words that we would speak in that category would actually be judged by the Lord. God does not want us speaking words that are not employed profitably in the sense that God intended them or that do not transmit power as God intended for them to do. God uses words in the sense that it's God's way of operating. It's the way God does things. In creation, we see that God created everything that he made by using words. God called things forth using words. In Genesis 1-3, we find these words, Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. Now, God is God. He could have waved his hand over the vast expanse of nothingness that was existing before the earth was created. But instead, he used words to call forth what he wanted. He said, let there be light. And there was light. 
When Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead in John 11, and you can read that account for yourself in the Gospel of John chapter 11, but in verse 43, we see how he raised Lazarus from the dead. He didn't go walking into the tomb of Lazarus, although he had had the people remove the stone that blocked the cave entrance. He could have walked into that cave that was a burial tomb, laid his hand on the mummified body of Lazarus or the wrapped body of Lazarus, and by his hand laying upon the body or the head of Lazarus, most assuredly power would have been transmitted and raised Lazarus from the dead. But that is not the method that Jesus used. He spoke to the dead body of Lazarus. And he said, Lazarus, come forth. And we know the rest of the story. Out of that tomb came the man wrapped in wrappings that were traditional to the burial practices of the Jews at that time. He was completely wrapped in these strips of cloth and out he came because Jesus used his words to call forth Lazarus back to life. He spoke to the dead man, and the dead man came alive. Then if we look in the New Testament book of Romans, in chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, we can see that God places a high value on the words of our mouth in relation to salvation. I'm sure you're familiar with these words in Romans 10, verses 9 and 10. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So I'm giving you these particular scriptures as a demonstration of how God uses and values words. He puts a high premium on words, his own words and the words of his people and how they use them. God doesn't want our words to be employed in an unprofitable way, that scripture in Matthew tells us. God doesn't want us to use our words in an idle manner, in a way that's not transmitting power as God intended. We know that we were made in the image of God. And one of the creative miracles that God employed when he created man is that he gave man the same ability that he has in using words to bring forth things in the earth. Many people think their words don't really mean anything and they can joke around or say, I didn't really mean that and that it has no meaning whatsoever, but that is not true. Your words are so important. What you do with your words and how God sees what you do with your words is very vital. But not only is God interested in your words and how you use them and whether you're using them to operate in the earth the way God intended, Satan is also very, very interested in your words. In fact, I would dare to say 
that Satan wants control of your tongue. That's just the bottom line. Satan is very familiar with the scriptures, more so than many believers, I think, sad to say, but he knows the truth that is found in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. And it's the verse that many people are familiar with, or at least have heard, death and life are in the power of the tongue. So here's the scripture telling very clearly that God gave man the same power that he has in their words, in their tongue. And that's why the Lord does not want you utilizing your words in an unprofitable manner or in a in an idle way, something that's not transmitting power the way God intended. But instead, Satan knows it, and he tries to get people to operate in his realm by speaking things that are in agreement with what Satan would have for their life rather than what God would have. So Satan, being so familiar with the truth of this scripture, death and life are in the power of the tongue, tries to get people to say things that will be very deadly for them. That scripture goes on to say, whoever loves it, loves the power of the tongue, will eat the fruit of it. That's the second part of Proverbs 18.21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and whoever loves it will eat the fruit of it. Whoever recognizes, honors it, understands it, values it, believes it, will eat the fruit of it. So Satan's goal, as we know from John 10.10, is to kill and to steal and to destroy. That is what Satan wants to do with human beings. Why is that? Why does Satan hate people so very desperately? I believe it's because they have been made in the image of God. And secondly, because they've been given authority in the earth, which Satan wanted for himself. And yet the Lord gave it to Adam, though Adam unfortunately passed it on to Satan when he disobeyed God and obeyed Satan instead in the Garden of Eden. So God wants us to be people who recognize the truth of his word, that death and life are in the power of the human tongue, and that the person who values it, believes it, and truly treasures it in the way God intended will be able to operate in the earth at a high level. But if you follow along with the culture that we live in, which speaks any and everything negative self-deprecating words, meaning that you talk bad about yourself, you say, oh, I'm so stupid, or I'm so ugly, or I'm so fat, or any other negative thing that Satan would love for you to say about yourself, you fall into his trap because God never intended for human beings to speak that way about God's creation. God intended you to speak life over yourself and other people, and yet Satan constantly trying to trip people up by tempting them to use their words in a way that gives him access to their lives. Do you realize that your words will give access to the devil, the enemy of your soul? It's absolutely true. He's a legalist. He looks for legal access to a person's life. If a person's not born again, then 
the enemy has access every day, 24-7. But if you're born-again Christian, you love the Lord, but you're not aware of the power of your own tongue, the power of words, the fact that God has given us power to operate in the earth through our words, and you're very careless with the words you choose to speak, and maybe you speak negatively about yourself or your circumstances a lot, that is a place where the devil, Satan, will have access legally, legal access, open, an open door, you could say, a foothold in your life through your own words. God doesn't want that for you. Jesus came to give you life and give it to you abundantly, but he also gave us certain tools, and one of them is the power that is in our own speech. Don't give the enemy access by giving him the words that you speak. Make sure that your words are lined up with the word of God. In those early days of our marriage, when we first began to understand these principles, I realized how absolutely negatively I spoke all the time, but I didn't have any revelation that it actually impacted my life. I just spoke like everyone else that I heard or was around and had no revelation whatsoever that I was literally shooting myself in the foot every day by what I spoke out of my mouth. And once I began to realize that I was giving the enemy access to my life through my negative words, God helped me by his power and by his grace to begin to change because I wanted to obey him and I wanted to line my words up with what God said. You know, the word confession means to say the same as, to say the same thing as. Well, God wants you to confess over your own life what the word of God says about your life. So that means you want to say the same thing as the word of God speaks over you. There's no place in the word of God that says ugly, negative, horrible things about you. Instead, you're the apple of God's eye. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are precious in his sight. There are so many scriptures that talk about the worth of the human being because God created us and we have to agree with or confess, meaning say the same thing as the word of God says about us. That will help you close the door to the enemy being able to take advantage of you through your own words, the very words of your mouth. Otherwise, you will be like the person mentioned in Proverbs chapter 6, verse 2, and you'll end up being snared or trapped by the words of your own mouth. In, in conclusion, I want to just bring one more scripture about this subject to you because it is critical one. Do you realize that your life, your entire life will go in the direction of your words. It will go in that direction. Whatever direction your words are going, negative, that's the direction of your life. Positive, agreeing with the word of God, confessing what God says, saying the same thing as God says, then your life will go in that direction. Your life will go in the direction of your words. Don't discount this truth. 
James chapter 3 describes the power of the tongue in a person's life by comparing it to the little rudder on a large ship, which turns the ship according to the steering of the ship's captain. You're the captain that steers the rudder of your life with your own tongue. Steer it in the direction God wants it to go by making sure that the rudder of your life, your own tongue, is agreeing with the word of God about your life. God's not steering you into disaster. Don't speak. Your life is a disaster. God is not steering your life into trouble, sickness, illness, and financial ruin. That's the enemy's plan. If you agree with him and you confess, meaning you say the same thing as the devil would say about your life or hope for your life, then yes, your life will go in that direction. But God says, say what I say about you, and then your life will go in the direction of your words, which if you're speaking God's word, will be in a direction of life and abundance. Galatians 6 warns us that we should not be deceived and that God will not be mocked by human beings or the devil himself, because this scripture warns us that whatever a man sows, that and only that will be what he will reap. So your words are seed that will reap you a harvest. Your words are, or your tongue is the rudder of your life that will steer it in a certain direction. Sow seed every day that will reap you a harvest of life and blessing and purpose and the goodness of God. Choose your seed wisely. Sow word seed that will bring forth what God intended for it, blessing, increase, um, purpose in your life, God's goodness being manifested, every good thing. Your words are so important. Choose them wisely, say what God says, and you will see what God has for your life. Don't forget, we have a great free resource called My Everyday Bible. It is a free Bible app that can be found in the Google Play Store or the App Store for Apple devices. You can also find it at MyEverydayBible.com. It will take you through the entire Bible in one year with a devotional at the end of each reading. I know you will love it. And it is completely free. Check it out, myeverydaybible.com.